males are born, men are built. This is the Great Man Podcast, where we want you to build great men as you allow other men to build you. Join New York Times bestselling author Stephen Mansfield, along with seasoned leaders of men, as we bring a wide range of experience and expertise to help you become the great man you are designed to be. Gentlemen, we begin. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast, where we call out the greatness in men. Listen, before I dive into this episode, I want you to go to greatman.tv, look in the upper right-hand corner on that website, that homepage, and you will see uh, a place, a link, where you can, and all kinds of information, where you can figure out how to support what we do. We are trying to change the direction of manhood in our generation. We want your help. We need your money. We need your support. And I appreciate you taking time to hear this. I want to talk to you in this episode about something that is disturbing to me. And so let me set it up this way. I spend in what I do a lot of time listening to older men. I don't mean, you know, 80-year-olds, but I'm talking about men who are, let's say, midlife and a little bit later, and they are looking back at their lives or they're describing their lives to me. Maybe they're in crisis or maybe something's up or maybe we're just having a little bit of social time at an event, Uh, but they're describing uh, kind of what shaped them, how they got where they are, good, bad, or ugly. And one of the things I notice, one of the themes that I hear recurring time after time after time is that they have allowed themselves, in many cases, to become burdened with a multitude of small things. Throughout their life, they have either accumulated things or they have begun to value things that I would say, I would use the word, are small, are petty, are not worth the attention, are not worth giving uh, as much weight to as they have. And it's almost like the image that comes to my mind, because I like this novel very much, is A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. I read it every year during the Christmas season. And as you know, uh, if you've read that that novel or you've seen the movies, then you know that there's an image that is used. A certain character, I won't get into the details, has a gigantic chain attached to them. And they are. we are told that they fashioned that chain as they lived. Now, the person talking and describing this as a spirit, they've left this life. But it's a very powerful image. During their life, They fashioned a chain which became a bondage to them. And so now, of course, in the the story, uh, this person is bemoaning the chain that holds them bound. Well, it's a great image for us as men because throughout our lives, we accumulate, I'm going to call them weights, we accumulate weights that come from offenses, that come from things we've chosen to value that come from uh, how we interpret experiences, and they become links in a heavy weighted chain that hold us down. 
And as I speak to men in their older years, I speak to men of every age a great deal, and they would spend a lot of time sitting with them and, you know, enjoying a conversation. But it's men from middle age to a little older that I'm deeply aware of this dynamic in because they've lived some years, they've accumulated experience, they have um, begun to live out what they earned, so to speak, by how they lived. And as a result, you can see the pattern in their lives. You can see what's happened because, let's say, they absorbed offenses or they chose to be competitive with certain people um, or they interpreted certain things that happened in their lives. They put a sign on it that said, this means this about you or this is what always happens when you do this or that, you know, some kind of a, an interpretive understanding, some language that interprets an experience that then radiates in the rest of their lives. And I have to tell you that my conclusion as I walk away from some of those conversations, now now some guys don't misunderstand, they've had horrible things happen or great things happen or, you know, I mean, I'm not saying every man I talk to is, you know, fashioning some chain they're going to carry into the next life. I'm not being that dark. But what I am saying is that what I'm aware of is that their lives, these men, as I walk away, I think these men have been deformed. Their lives have been damaged by the little petty things they've allowed to accumulate on them like barnacles on a ship. There's a famous Presbyterian hymn that is uh, about men, and it it's, uh, it's one that moves me. It's older, uh, written by a Presbyterian minister. And it has uh, the opening line is this. And even if you're not a Christian, and I have a lot of guys listed to this podcast who aren't Christians. I got Jews and Muslims and all kinds of folks. So I know you know with me, don't be offended if I refer to anything. I even quoted the Quran one year, one day, and other times I've quoted the Bhagavad Gita. I mean, I'm not, I'm a, I'm a devoted Christian. I know who I am. Don't misunderstand. But yeah, I'm aware I have a very wide audience and I like using perspectives of some of these religions to encourage noble manhood when it's helpful to me. So don't be offended that I'm quoting a Christian hymn. I not only am a Christian, but if you're going to follow me in this podcast, uh, you're going to have to know that uh, I'm likely to draw from anything and speak to anybody at any time. And in this hymn, uh, the opening line is this, rise up, O men of God, listen to the next line, have done with lesser things. Rise up, O men of God, have done with lesser things. I like language in hymns and poetry that is just pregnant, that just a few words says a huge amount. Sometimes in our Christmas carols, I just get moved to tears by just a few words captures, you know, such powerful truth. And this is one of them. Rise up, O men of God. That's obviously, that's obviously, this is a summons to men to be godly men and rise up in their generation. But the very next line, it's the second line of the entire stinking hymn. <laughs> it says, have done with lesser things. Now that's slightly older language for exactly what I'm talking about. Have done with lesser things. And gentlemen, I talk about a lot of grand themes in this podcast. I talk about a lot of macro things. I'm a 35,000-foot guy. I like to look at the big picture. I think people get mired too much in the small and the details and sometimes don't lift their heads up and consider the horizon and consider the way, the direction they're sailing and look at the compass. You understand what I'm saying. Consider the stars, et cetera. And I'm deeply concerned, and I want you now to take a look at your life in light of Allowing lesser things to dominate you. 
If you have allowed offenses to gather on you, as I say, my favorite illustration, like barnacles on a ship, uh, if you are weaving a chain of offense from this situation and that situation that you you don't forgive, you don't get rid of it, you don't go and reconcile with the individual, and it's petty stuff for the most part. I understand the big hurts, the big things that have happened, the offense and the lawsuits and the divorces. I get that. And I'm not necessarily talking about those. I'm talking about the accumulation of small things. I'm talking about the pettiness. I'm talking about the small stuff, just the just the stuff we let attach to us and we don't deal with it. We're not living reflective lives necessarily. We're not looking maybe week to week, what's accumulating in me, what's poisoning my soul, what's making me bitter or harsh or angry, that kind of thing. The small stuff. Listen to me. You can't get through a marriage successfully. You can't parent successfully. You can't have a friendship. Heck, you can't have an effective basketball team if the small stuff and the offenses and the wounds are going to stick with you and just be like death by a thousand cuts. Great Shakespeare line. And I'm concerned that men who tend to sometimes maybe do a decent job at the big stuff in their life, let little things get on top of them. Okay. One of my friends, for example, had a bunch of brothers and he was the youngest brother. And so they treated him a certain way. And he just drew some life lessons out of that kind of informally. And he got hurt by them and that deformed them. They were harsh. They said things to him. You're stupid. You're small. You're the runt of the litter, you know, that kind of stuff. And, you know, he went on to become successful, but that stuff still stuck in his gut like thorns, like, like again, paper cuts that just, you know, you know, nothing hurts like a paper cut with some lemon juice on it. And he just stuck with that. Then he decided to get competitive. Look, I'll just outperform these guys. And so he got competitive. If one of his brothers got a car, he had to have a better car. If one of his brothers got a, a hunting rifle, he had to have a better one. It was small. It was petty. It didn't dominate his life. It's not like he got up every morning and said, I got to beat my brother. But in, in sort of the background of his soul, he was constantly thinking about that. And in time, it robbed him of his relationship with that brother. It made him spend too much money. Um, if his wife said, why in the world, honey, are you buying a $2,000 hunting rifle? You don't even hunt that much. It was just that he had to beat his brother. Or you don't even like cars that much. You don't even care that much. If you could walk to work or take a train, you'd be thrilled to give you time to read and think. She knew him very well. But boy, if his brother bought a car, he had to have a more expensive one. And the brother sometimes didn't even know. But it was bringing petty little satisfaction to this guy's soul. So it messed up his marriage. It it, it made him unhappy. It robbed him of joy. Because he was angry and competitive, it, it affected his relationship with his kids to some degree. You see what I'm talking about? He was weaving a chain. He was weaving a chain. And he also, by the way, even though he would never have admitted it, I could tell in the conversation, he had begun to believe some of the stuff that, you know, that his brothers had said, that he was the runt, he was the guy, one without athletic ability, he was small and puny, and he was physically smaller than his other brothers. Who cares? What difference does it make in our generation? If you're 5'2 or 5'8, what difference does it make? So, but he developed what we call Napoleon complex. We call it small man complex. I don't mean to be insulting to him. He's a friend of mine, but he was shorter than other guys. And so he began to get kind of, I'll prove myself. I'll show you. Well, these were not his dominant thoughts every day, but the, but the, the lesser things of life, com competition, wounds, stuff that'd been said to him, small things began to leak into his soul. 
And and I got to tell you, uh, life has its hardships. It has its vicissitudes. It has its challenges, and and its hurts and its wounds and its cuts, and you know the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, as Shakespeare said. I've been reading some Shakespeare, so I'm quoting him a lot today. And so, if you allow these things to stick to you, pierce you, leak into you. You're going to be preoccupied with a whole sea of lesser things, as the great hymn says. They're going to keep you from your best. You're going to be weaving that chain that Dickens talks about. And you won't even be really maybe even consciously aware of it. My my friend had this great wife who held up a mirror for him. And eventually, by the way, he began to extricate himself from, from a lot of these things. Thank God for this godly woman, this great, strong, courageous woman who would face her husband down on issues that were of concern to his soul. But for a lot of guys... They get to, again, the age I've mentioned before, middle age and after, they've been weaving this chain. They've been letting little things dominate them, or not so much dominate them, but leak into them is my better illustration. And as a result, they've begun to just be changed by it. They don't realize it till they're 50 or 60, and they go, they start talking, and they go, man, I guess I, guess I am angry about that, or I, you know, I guess I I guess I have been in competition with my middle brother for the last 30 years. Or, you know, I guess that, I guess what that girl said when she broke up with me, man, I guess those words of, and, and it, it's all been so low grade and leaking, not explosive, that they aren't aware that they've let lesser things dominate them. Again, dominate might not be the right word because that means you're focused on it, but, but shape them, deform them, leak into them, poison them, taint them, whatever terms you want to use. And what I want you to do is I want you to look at anything in your life that would come into that category of that great second line of that hymn, have done with lesser things. What small things have you allowed to be of influence in your life? I'm not talking about small stuff like swinging a child on a swing set or, you know, playing some little silly game. I'm not, that, that's all that stuff's healthy and, and happy. And all of us do that kind of thing. I'm not saying that your golf game is small or, you know, you can make an idol out of it. You know better than to do that. But I'm, I'm not talking about stuff like that. I like little things. I like little rituals. I like the little flirty fun things that Bev and I do. You understand what I'm saying? That's part of life. I'm talking about the small negatives. I'm talking about the small negatives. How have you let lesser negatives, small negatives, attach to you, pierce you, stick like a thorn stuck in your leg or your ankle or a, a, a burr? You know what I'm talking about. Out in West Texas, I used to walk through you know fields, and when I was done, because I didn't wear boots, man, I'd have on my socks and my pants just all sorts of burrs. And, you know, you just, you had to sit down and pull them off at some point because otherwise, you know, you couldn't put your pants in the wash that way, number one. And number two, they were working their way into your skin. They didn't start that way. They start by just attaching to your socks. But as time went on, they got worked deeper and deeper. And before long, you began to feel them. You began to feel them against your skin. Well, I had to sit down and pluck those suckers off. I had to sit down and pluck, pluck them off. By the way, before I even got in the car, before I even got back in the car or a guy's truck, if we were out hunting or something, I had to pluck those things off because I could get them all over his carpet and the inside of his car. And then if I got to my house, they were in the house. If I put in my clothes in the wash, they were now in other people's clothes. You understand what I'm saying? So what I'm wanting you to do is a, is a moral and emotional and psychological version 
of me plucking those burrs off. I want you to ask yourself and ask others around you, am I letting small, lesser things seep into my soul? Ask your wife, ask your friends, think about it yourself. If, if you've sat around going, I'll get him or, or I'll never be such and such, or man, I can't believe they said that to me. I'll show them. If you have any of that kind of stuff, any of that kind of small, petty, bitterness, competitiveness, just believe in false statements about yourself. You know, I'm short, therefore I'm less. I'll, I'll show them. You're going to deform your life. And it could be over stuff you're not even consciously thinking about most of the time. Like those burrs on my, on my socks and my pants, you know, out there walking in West Texas, and just eventually it becomes painful. But it does. It, it even then it, it it can it sometimes doesn't even reach the level of consciousness. But it's causing you irritation. It's making you uncomfortable. It's making you irritable. It's small stuff, and because men tend to look at the big picture of life, usually they can miss the stuff, the small stuff that's causing problems. So ask yourself. Am I letting burrs? Am I letting small thorns? Am I letting barnacles attached to me? Am I weaving a chain in the Dickens language that I'm not going to be happy about along about midlife or after? Am I, is it affecting me now? Have I let little things, little offenses, little wounds, little competitions, little curses, little words that I've believed, little attitudes that have crept in? Have I let those things creep in? And, and I did not like I had a big ceremony one day and said, I believe this forever. No, it's not that. It's that you allowed it to attach and it's leaking into you. I'll tell you what, the men I have known who are great men, I've known some of the greatest men. I've had the privilege of being in the presence of some of the greatest men of, let's say, the last 50 years. I'm just talking about being in the presence presidents and prime ministers and kings. I had just had the privilege. Some of them I knew, first name basis, we sat and talked. Some of them though, most of them, I was just in the room, but I was around enough to know people who knew them or to hear them talk about their private lives. And the thing that impressed me the most was how they were big souled, how they could let the little stuff go, how they didn't let offenses stick to them, how they didn't give themselves to petty ways how they didn't give themselves again in the line of the hymn to lesser things. And man, their souls were free and they could go through a whole political process or a bashing campaign or a war or whatever. Exterior, they were warriors, but internally they were at peace. They were like monks. They were like priests. They were like peaceful in the face of God. And as they walked out their lives, and that's what I want you to be. So take some time, get in that control room I talk about all the time, sit quietly, ponder your life. Are you fashioning a chain? Are you letting small things stick to you? I want you to have done with lesser, lesser things. Get help, get other eyes on you. You know what to do. Start plucking that stuff out. Start challenging it. Bring it to your band of brothers. Let them kick you in the backside if you need it. Be free. Be big. Be a large soul. Because this is one of the great arts of great manhood. To join the Great Man community or to book Stephen to speak at your man's event, go to greatman.tv. There, you'll also find incredible resources to help you become the great man you are made to be. The Great Man Podcast is a Wise Company production.